Freedom versus bondage is a battle that's been going on since the beginning of time. Today we'll discuss renewed calls and ways supporters are working toward a new world order. And before you go, be sure to sign up for our free legislative alerts and tell Congress to not get entangled with the European Union by clicking on the links in the description below. From the rebellion of Satan to the sinful fall of man in the Garden of Eden, the ongoing battle manifests itself not only on an individual basis, but also on a macro scale in the form of whole countries. The measurement of the victor on the macro scale decides where in the world order the country will reside, either ruling or being ruled. A similar scenario can be argued on the individual level. Either you control yourself or you will be controlled. You rule your own domain in regards to family and work, or you are under subjugation to and direction from others. But as the John Birch Society has documented over the decades, there exists a deliberate process of building a specific world order, one that would easily fit and work under and through a worldwide assemblage of international institutions. In September of 1992, the New American published a special report that has become known as the conspiracy issue. Robert Lee wrote in this report, Two decades ago, in the Bulletin of the John Birch Society for September 1972, Society founder Robert Welch warned that the drive to convert our once independent nation into an administrative province of a one-world communist empire was approaching either fulfillment or defeat. The basic design is obvious, Welch asserted. The plan is to establish, very soon, the first stages of a new world order for which a self-perpetuating inner circle of conspirators has been working and scheming relentlessly during some six generations, with money, war, and hatred as the primary vehicles for carrying out their infinitely evil project. The first article in that report focused on defining who the main players are of what we deemed the establishment. The first paragraphs of the report were, Many Americans recognize the existence of what has come to be called the establishment. Regardless of who is elected president, regardless of which party captures the White House or the Congress, America's power elite seems always able to influence the policies of the nation from behind the scenes. Yet even though many are able to recognize the existence of the establishment, relatively few are able to identify the actual organizations or personages that comprise this power behind the throne. The single most important manifestation of the American establishment is the New York-based Council on Foreign Relations, the CFR. Incorporated in 1921 by a handful of American internationalists dismayed by the refusal of the United States to join the League of Nations, the CFR's efforts ever since have been devoted to influencing American foreign and domestic policies to suit the designs for world government envisioned by its founders. The CFR is able to influence U.S. government decision-making due to its large number of its members who hold high-level positions in government. The CFR publishes a journal called Foreign Affairs. Now, it's been said that the only readers of this journal are the most fervent globalists and members of the John Birch Society, since we study its pages to track its plans for building a new world order. After a brief search online through its archives, the CFR has been discussing a new world order as early as 1928. In 1929, it covered the 6th Congress of the Communist International held in Moscow. It reported that the most important result was the creation of a 
program of the Communist International. The program consisted of documents that, as it said, constitute the new Bible of world revolution. The program called for a transition from capitalism to socialism following any means possible, including the violent overthrow of capitalist state apparatus, armies, police bureaucratic hierarchy, the judiciary, parliaments, etc., and to then substitute new organs of power to serve primarily as instruments for the suppression of the ex exploiters, capitalist exploiters, of course. The program also specified that the type of state they sought is the Soviet state, which it called the most suitable form. Now, looking back into history from today, the Soviet state did very little for its proletariat, the peasants and working class of the country, other than to enslave them and send at least 100 million to their death. The communist idea of the working class overthrowing the business owners and ruling the state is an idea that is related to the building of a new world order. Just as the communists organized to create a new order among the people, so too are the globalists, the establishment, and the insiders working toward a new order among countries. In fact, communists are very prevalent in their international roles within the United Nations, the obvious precursory world body resembling world government. In later years, the John Birch Society has reported another tool these conspirators used to pull countries together under the auspices of preventing war and improving economic conditions. The process of creating a single market utilizes agreements and treaties used to essentially entangle countries under unaccountable bureaucratic bodies, just like the European Union that utilized various treaties to go from the European coal and steel community in 1951 to the European economic community, otherwise known as the European common market in 1957, to the European Union in 1993. As the EU marches toward its stated goal of a peaceful, united, and prosperous Europe, the outcome has been to erase borders and sovereignty, essentially lowering the nations to states within a federation, or more appropriately, counties within a state, as states have a much higher level of sovereignty in a federation. The EU integrated politics and economies among its members and placed bloated bureaucracy above each member in the form of unelected commissioners in the European Commission. As we reported in an article titled The United States of Europe in the pages of the New American in April of 1989, of course, the much-touted free market reforms are really only bait laid out to entice Europeans into the trap of an eventual all-powerful supranational government. The Single European Act has committed the 12-member nations to increased political and monetary integration, meaning an increased shift of sovereign powers from national capitals to the common market institutions in Brussels, Luxembourg, and Strasbourg. These institutions are controlled by Keynesian interventionists, socialists, and internationalists. In 1974, Richard Garner wrote an article titled The Hard Road to World Order, in which he laid out a plan to build the new world order based on deceptively destroying national sovereignty. This article appeared in the CFR's Foreign Affairs. He wrote, The house of world order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than the top down. It will look like a great, booming, buzzing confusion, to use William James's famous description of reality, but an end run around national sovereignty 
eroding it piece by piece, will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. Now, Richard Gardner wasn't just another globalist author. He had the means to get the traction for his ideas and to make them stick. The New American suggested in a May 3, 2004 article, there have always been individuals who prefer to exercise the substance rather than enjoy the pageantry of power. Richard N. Gardner, professor of law and international organization at Columbia University, is one of them. Almost unknown to the American public at large, Richard Gardner is arguably one of the most influential men alive, an academic, lawyer, banker, economist, and all-around internationalist political insider who for decades has been near the apex of the American and internationalist establishment. Gardner is the intellectual godfather of the modern New World Order, an academic counterpart to the David Rockefellers who finance and the Henry Kissingers who lend political support to the accelerating drive for global government. So his idea of eroding national sovereignty was a prime avenue to get rid of one of the major hurdles facing those who wish to build a new world order. In fact, our United States of Europe article, the author made the observation, formerly known as the European community, the common market is the direct creation of individuals and organizations that have been involved in various utopian and conspiratorial schemes to establish a world government, a new world order, for the better part of this century. Now, with all of this for background information, you know we've highlighted some examples in recent videos of President Biden and government officials for Russia and China all calling on their countries to build and lead the new world order just within the month of March. Now, a leading Russian think tank is suggesting an expansion of this regional integration, namely by combining the unions with other unions. The Russian International Affairs Council wrote the following. Amid an unprecedented spike in global geopolitical risks, the world is becoming increasingly aware of the fact that the architecture that underpins the old world order is giving way to a new configuration of international relations and regional blocs. The countries of the global south are establishing their own institutions, alliances of regional integration, and payment systems with them turning into a crucial force in the transforming global economy. The largest developing markets, primarily the nations of BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are among the leaders here. In March 2022, Deputy Minister for Foreign Affairs, Sergei Ryabkov, said that BRICS will form the foundation of a new world order, saying, I think that the BRICS states, totaling almost half of the world's population and accounting for a large chunk of the global GDP will be among the backbones of the new emerging world order. However, for the BRICS states to become the foundation of a new world order, the bloc has to offer other countries in the world economy new paradigms of development on a global scale. Such areas in the new economic architecture may include relaunching globalization on a platform of new states and regions, establishing a new institutional system for modernizing nations engaged in the global economy, agreeing on a new reserve currency pool with currencies of developing countries, creating a global development track as an alternative to the one promoted by the West, and forming new regional blocks and platforms to coordinate and develop those blocks. 
The article goes on to explain that the concept of BRICS should be expanded. It said, as regards the idea's implementation, a format that appears most suitable for BRICS Plus is an alliance of three pan-continental alliances, the African Union, CELIC, the Community of Latin American States, and the SCO slash SCO Plus, which is the Shanghai Co Cooperation Organization, or Shanghai Pact, in Eurasia. The article called this an integration of integrations. As you can imagine, this would greatly speed up the process of building the new world order by creating even deeper entangling alliances that would suffocate the sovereignty out of countries and help to further build and strengthen communist leadership into its own version of the new world order. Let's not think that China and Russia would join a union just to be a member. No, they would subjugate and exploit the union for themselves. Recall in previous videos, we have set up the background on the West versus East globalist tug of war that Ukraine is currently experiencing. Russia wants it for its Eurasian Union, while the West wants it for the European Union and NATO. Russia has followed the buildup of these unions with great interest, with Vladimir Putin even making mention that he is following the European Union model. Interestingly enough, former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev signed a decree establishing the Russian International Affairs Council, of whom's article we just discussed. According to its website, its mission is to facilitate Russia's peaceful integration into the global community, partly by organizing greater cooperation between Russian scientific institutions and foreign analytical centers slash scholars on the major issues of international relations. Again, this integration is not for Russia to be a follower, but a leader. This call for advanced multilateralism, or integration of integrations, will eventually see its way to the shores of the United States. Perhaps we could all agree that huge red flags should go up if Republicans in Congress start to agree with President Biden on certain issues, well, perhaps even any issue, and propose similar legislation. Watch what happens to the issue of trade. The Biden administration has already opened up lines of communication with the United Kingdom and the European Union on trade, with the European Commission calling for greater multilateralism by designing a new transatlantic agenda for global cooperation, including using elements of trade and sustainable development as traps to lure us into even further integration. Within the last few decades, various integration schemes have received support from both sides of the political aisle. These included the Free Trade Area of Americas, NAFTA, Security and Prosperity Partnership, Trans-Pacific Partnership, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, and the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or the USMCA. The John Birch Society and other partners were able to stop all but two from getting implemented. To further the demise of our sovereignty, the EU hopes to either integrate us directly into its union or at least bind us down through enough integration that we would become a de facto member. Plus, the seeds of a North American Union had been first planted through NAFTA and has been furthered along with its replacement, the USMCA. Just when the Biden administration or subsequent administrations will help those seeds germinate remains to be seen. For more on this agenda, we recommend visiting our Stop the Globalist Trade Agenda at JBS.org. 
Also, make sure you are signed up for our legislative alerts so if and when movement is made on these agreements, you know about it and can act swiftly. Merely text JBS to 800-527-8721 or sign up for email alerts. Currently, we do have one related alert we suggest you send. Plus, to make the greatest impact, dedicate your activism to joining the John Birch Society. We have the plan, the tools, and the grassroots organization to help protect American independence and freedom. With your help, we will steer this country away from bondage and back toward freedom for you and your family. Links are in the video description. Be sure to share this video and subscribe. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, stay informed, stay active, and let's get organized, patriots.